Hey everybody, this is Beans, and it is disclaimer time! Bam and I are not sex experts, and our advice is for entertainment purposes only. If you have a serious health concern, we strongly urge you to consult a qualified physician. And, for obvious reasons, our Sex Talk podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Enjoy! Trying hard, but you wanna be my friend. Ain't no place to hide, ain't no one to run to. Here we go, here we go again. Call my bluff, I'ma be you till the end. I'm the one you ride, I'm the one you ride to. If you sex talk podcast where we like to talk about sex and we encourage you to talk about sex with us like a like bdb like tig and juicy j all of those cool cool people and you know how they did it they emailed us at bam and beans at gmail.com now i won't lie i'm just like a little sad that nobody's tweeted on me yet (laughs) They're probably a little um, intimidated. Because I keep asking them to tweet on me? Yeah. You know what? You are a strong, independent woman, and to tweet on you, it it can be intimidating. Guys, I'm begging for it. (laughs) I'm begging to be tweeted on. Ladies, too. Yes. We have no gender preference here. No, I just want to be tweeted on. No matter how messy it may be. Bam, I gotta ask you. Uh Uh Uh-huh. So... I was on Facebook the other day, and I saw a meme that said, ask Google why Kellogg's were invented. Do you know why Kellogg's were invented? No. So I've seen this meme like seven (laughs) times, and every time I see this meme, I'm like, I don't have time to ask Google anything. Oh, bro. Okay, Google. Why were Kellogg's cornflakes invented? According to Wikipedia, Dr. Kellogg introduced Kellogg's cornflakes in hopes that it would reduce dyspepsia and, in accordance with the practices of the Seventh-day Adventists, masturbation and excessive sexual intercourse. Dr. Kellogg. Dr. Kellogg. I just want you to know, I already wasn't a fan of cereal, but now I just can't even take this shit seriously. Dude, cornflakes are like... (laughs) Cornflakes. Yes, cornflakes. Cornflakes are like... The cereal that your, like, mean stepmother would make you eat because she didn't want you to have any fun in your life when you were five. I mean, honestly... And now now it makes sense. (laughs) There was malintent in the the invention of cornflakes. Beans and I do not condone cornflakes here on on the cast. Um... Mainly because it stands against everything we're about. So, uh, 
if you guys really hate us, you can definitely just, like, spam our Twitter with the word cornflakes. <laughs> I just, I can't get over that, like, literally to to try and stop masturbation and excessive sexual intercourse. Well, like, it's because they're so bland and it makes you so unhappy that, like, everything else in your just life sucks just the can't. joy yeah, out of your it, life. It was the original Dementor <laughs> oh. of the world. Oh, shit, John Harvey Kellogg was the original Dementor. Yeah, Dr. Kellogg. Do- oh, excuse me, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. You know what? He just sounds like a villain now. He does. Dr. Kellogg. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm, I'm going to call dibs on Dr. Har- John Harvey Kellogg as a villain in whatever storytelling endeavor we decide to choose. Perfect. So, if you guys are listening, um, a dibs. (laughs) (laughs) Could you just see this guy, like, tying some some poor damsel to, like, train tracks or something? (laughs) Like, that's what he sounds like. And more like, he he would be the same person who would invent, like, the diddle-don't chastity hands. (laughs) Like, he seems like he was, like, a huge supporter of the chastity belt, because that means you can't touch yourself. Oh, man. (laughs) He also made the chastity bra. (laughs) Like, so you couldn't play with your own nipples. Oh, my God. Like, how terrible is that? That's Just thinking about it also makes me sad. No, it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) The diddle don't. (laughs) Chastity hands. So you can't touch anybody. <laughs> oh, shit. Not even yourself. No. You can't play with none penis. <laughs> It'd be really hard to go to the bathroom with those on. Oh, I didn't say they were great. <laughs> Neither are Kellogg's. <laughs> or maybe it's something that you would wear at night. No. It's just a constant thing. I yeah, mean, I guess we could d- diddle ourselves during the day. I know. I have diddled myself during the day. I mean, I, I did it a few days ago. I was like, how much time do I have? I got time. <laughs> I literally was like, okay, set the timer and go. Nice. I like to see how much faster I can do it other than the timer. Oh, okay. I like to race myself. Oh, gotcha. Because if I come out of the shower and my friend's like, I'm two blocks away, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could get one out real quick. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I really just wanted to, I thought that would be a really good opener. That's, that's funny. To talk about uh, the villain of our lives. Yeah, the villain of our <laughs> lives. The villain of this podcast, if I may. Can you imagine that there are probably still people out there that think that way? That like... Oh, absolutely. That uh, premarital sex and masturbation are like the devil. Oh, and Absolutely. That's just, it makes me sad. It makes me very sad. (laughs) I think what makes me sad is the fact that who hurt you enough to have to think that way? Yeah. Or, like, who, I feel like it was all just, like, a control thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that was a way to control women, was to tell them that premarital sex was the devil, that masturbation was the devil. You've got to save yourself for your husband. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I damn well know that there was, like, at one point in time, if you touched yourself, you had to be locked up. And then they legitimately, like, they committed you into a sane asylum. Mm-hmm. And then 
They fucking got you off every day. And then if they're like, you liked it, you're still possessed. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Well, that's because you guys just recently in history found out what a clitoris is. So I can understand why there are so many women go, but this is great. I love it. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Some people are weird. Oh, boy. So shall we get to some emails? Absolutely. Um, well, we've got our second part of BDB. Yes. Email. Everybody knows that's Big Dick B. Everybody knows that Big Dick B. <laughs> um, these these last two questions were both a little more serious yes. than this previous one. So I'm I'm excited and a little anxious to get to them. Yeah, I am also. This is uh, I will tell some people this is uh actually going to be a trigger. So if you are easily triggered, I would highly suggest to just tune in next week. I mean, or just skip ahead a few minutes. Yeah. Probably, like, skip ahead maybe, like, five minutes and pick up the rest of the the funny. Yeah. From there. I would definitely say that. That's a good call. Yeah. So um, BDB's third question in his email was, uh, what should someone do if they have been raped, both as a man or a woman? Um, number one, the most important thing that I will tell anybody that has suffered from any sort of assault, whether it be sexual or physical or anything, is to know that it is not your fault. You did not ask for this. You were targeted, and that person made you a victim of a crime. Yeah. You did not ask for this. This is not your fault. You did not deserve this. Well, I would like to say um, anybody out there who's kind of struggling with this, uh, whether it is recent, whether it is, you know, past history, um, people are going to give you those cliches. People are going to do the, you know, the stuff that is easy for them to, you know, kind of get through because if, I personally feel like if some people haven't been through certain situations, it's they're trying their very hardest to just, like, help that person cope with it and help that person, you know, get through whatever it is. Um, I personally just think you have to legitimately sit down, write it all out, and in the middle of that, any negative thing that pops into your head towards yourself just start tallying. And for every single tally that you have at the end of whatever you've written down, you now need to turn three pages over and start writing down every single thing that you are worth. Because you are worth it. Your life is worth it. Your mental health is worth it. Your body is your body and you are worth it. And it is hard and it is complicated and it is not easy. But I mean, we have a couple things to kind of help you get through it because if you don't have somebody close or somebody that you feel like you can talk to, there's somebody out there. Like you are loved by somebody. Yeah. And I know that sometimes it, it feels like, okay, let me, let me just backtrack a second. Sorry. Um, I, I myself have never found myself in a situation such as this. Yeah. But I feel like 
if someone that I love or even someone that I associate with, someone that I see occasionally, mm-hmm. someone that I'm Facebook friends with, maybe I come across their pictures every once in a while and like them and comment on them. Like, I don't care what or what the level of closeness is. I would hope that they would be able to con- feel like they could confide in me. Yeah. You know, feel like I'm a safe space for them. And I can imagine how difficult that can be. I can imagine how lonely it can feel. But my, I, I guess my thing here is just, you know, I implore you to tell someone Talking about it is the only way you're going to get over it. And that's something that I've learned in dealing with my own grief. Yeah. Is talking through it is the only way that you can move past it. Otherwise, it's just going to fester. And it's it's going to just plague your life. And it is, it, it's toxic. And it's the most toxic thing that you can ever, ever keep inside of you. Like, it's, it's terrible. It is so mentally frustrating to want to, like, say something to somebody all the time. Um, From personal experience, I will tell you guys, the faster you understand that you need to tell somebody, the better it is going to be. It is not going to be a six or seven year waiting period to figure out whether or not, you know, you're going to be able to get through this. Like the faster you realize like it is not okay. Then the faster you can start getting through this process. And I will tell you flat out, there is nothing wonderfully gratifying about watching somebody go to jail. But you know, what's great is knowing that, you can help somebody else not have to go through that. Yeah. Like, not having somebody else that you know, or somebody you don't know, somebody younger than you, somebody older than you, like, having to go through the same thing you are going through or something you went through, think about them also. Just think about it as if that person is the closest person to you. Do you really want them going through that? Like, how are you feeling right now? Like, really shitty. (laughs) Well, and also, if you think about it, um, in a lot of rape cases, it's someone that you know. Um, Yeah, a good majority of them. And, And that can make it extremely complicated, being that this is someone that you once trusted. You know, they... They took advantage of your trust in them. It is definitely, like, the closer that person is, the harder it is for, like, you to overcome that feeling of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's one of those things where you think to yourself, like, okay, but I'm, I'm never supposed to tattle on this person, and they're supposed to love me forever. But... I'm also told by every single teacher and both of my parents <laughs> that if something like this happens to me, I'm supposed to tell somebody. So it's definitely like a conf- like it's a conflicting feeling. 
and i completely understand that feeling. it's also realizing that going through your life like that is just going to get worse and worse and worse so so number one on the on the list is to tell somebody tell somebody it if you don't trust anyone in your inner circle then you know tell a stranger tell tell a medical professional like absolutely go and seek oh, medical attention yeah. and you know it just get it out there once you say it out loud you have that ability now to take your life back and get yourself on track to starting to build yourself back up mm-hmm. Because what they're doing is they're trying to degrade you and they're trying to take you down and you're strong. You are tough and you will not be broken down. Like this isn't the 1500s anymore, guys. Like no matter if you are a man or a woman, it does not matter. Yeah. Consent is consent. And if you did not consent, that is rape. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what the circumstances is. Oh, well, he was hard. Like, that's your body's response. It, yeah. You have no control over 100%. your body's response to physical acts that are happening. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is. It sounds so bad, but most of the time when people are like, well, a man can't be raped. Absolutely. Oh, he absolutely. Can. He can. It's just as easy to drop a Viagra and a beer as it is to drop a roofie and a beer. Mm-hmm. So we have. A couple of hotlines. Yes. Um, I did not save those. That is perfectly okay because I have the National Sexual Assault Hotline. So that one is going to be 1-800-656-HOPE. 1-800-656-4673. So that one is for the National Assault Hotline sexual assault hotline. Um, we got that information off of rain.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot org. And that, that one has um, some pretty good information and resources for uh, people who have been sexually assaulted and, um, you know, how to how to cope, things like that. They've got a bunch of survivor stories um, just to help you not feel alone. Yeah. Uh, So that's um, really good. Uh, If you don't feel comfortable talking to someone physically over the phone on their website, they also have a chat box. You can chat over the internet with them. Just, you know, some way, somehow to, to get something out get to get it out yeah and as some people are like well these people are just doing their job these people are doing this job because they have a passion for helping people out so always remember that you're talking to somebody who's passionate about helping you yeah you're not you're not burdening anyone with it these people they they do this because they want to yeah and then the other one um, we also have is uh, the hotline, which is a national domestic violence hotline. Hotline, 
Um, and that's the hotline.org. And when you go to this website, like immediately, like a safety alert, like pop up comes up and it, you know, it reminds you that computer use can be monitored and uh, is impossible to completely clear. And, you know, if you feel like you're being monitored by a controlling spouse or something, uh, it gives you the uh, hotline number to call or um, a way to use your browser so that you can kind of hide your history. Yeah. Just just so that, you know, this person that is in your life that's trying to control you and abuse you, you know, can't be led on to what you're doing by exactly. trying to get help. That's got to be one of the scariest things ever is to be trapped in an abusive relationship with no way out. This is this is one way. Uh, the number is one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. That's the hotline.org. And again, this is another website that it has a lot of information, resources on how to get help and how to get away mm -hmm. and people to talk to. Reaching out is, is the biggest step because it's the hardest step. It really is. Honestly, reaching out is the most terrifying step because there's always that feeling of being judged or being looked over and stuff like that. But you have to remember the hotlines we gave you, these people are not judging you. They are just making sure that you're getting the proper help you need. And I'm pretty sure, um, I know for Wisconsin... Uh, if you go to any local police department and report any kind of abuse, they give you, they give you like different therapists that you can go through. Um, they try to, if you are a female, they have uh, women shelters mm -hmm. that then can help you uh, go to your doctor, which then will give you um, more like mental health and like uh, groups that you can go to. So there are there are options, I believe, at your police department. Every police department is a little bit different, but most police departments will always have that on hand. Most hospitals, too. Yeah, most hospitals also. Yeah, most hospitals will be able to refer you to someone to talk to or somewhere to go. I know that Planned Parenthood also does that. Absolutely. So, on the subject of rape, like, that's our biggest thing, just... We ask that you reach out. And you know here at Bam and Beans, we are non-judgmental. Oh, yeah. Absolutely safe zone. Uh, obviously, we don't really have much power to do anything about it, but but we're here. We're here to listen. Absolutely. You hear us talk every week, and you listen to us, so obviously we'll listen to you. I won't lie, though. If you write in and ask what you should do... I'm going to send you the clip of what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim. Verbatim. <laughs> okay, so we said that that was going to be like a five-minute long segment, and it was way more. So um, apologies for anybody triggered. It's a serious issue, and I didn't want to just kind of skim over it. Exactly. I mean, honestly, it is a serious issue that not a lot of people want to talk about, but our podcast in itself is something that not a lot of people want to talk about. And, and that's kind of what we're trying to break the stigma of. Yeah. We're trying to get more people talking. Exactly. And so far, it seems like it's working. 
slowly but surely. Yeah. More people are talking. So, we just want you guys to talk. Talk to us. We talk a lot. Yeah, give us a break. That's why we have a podcast. (laughs) We talk a lot. (laughs) So, BDB's fourth and final question of his email is, while the legal age of consent does vary state to state and country to country, what are your thoughts on underage sex, be it 16 or younger? How young is too young? Obviously, by law, we are to condone sex with a consenting individual, and that means a person of the age of consent by state and federal law. Yes. Can you repeat that last word that you said again? <laughs> law. Oh, wait, wait. The one right before that. Federal. Federal. There we go. Because <laughs> everybody's like, well, my state says that I can go ahead and go ahead and have sex with this 13-year-old. Yeah, well, federal law also does not cover that. So, federal law, guys, make sure you're up on that also. And and honestly, my, my feeling of it is t- teenagers, they're going to do what they're going to do. Oh, they will always do what they want to do. Whatever whatever you say immediately is going to go through one ear and out the other, and they're going to do what they want to do. Oh, absolutely. They'll find a way. I mean, I, I had sex at 16. I also had sex at 16. I was not a consenting adult. And, and by not a consenting adult, you mean you were not an adult yet? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. I was 16. I just wanted and, you to <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> And, and to be honest, if if you were to ask me when I was 16, I would have told you, yeah, I'm ready for this. Uh, I'm totally ready. Yeah. I felt like I was mature enough to take on the responsibilities that come with having an active sex life. Oh, yeah. Looking back at it now, sometimes I kind of wish I would have waited. Oh, yeah. I was dumb. I feel like my choices as a 16-year-old really kind of hindered the last bit of youth that I had left. Yep. You know, I was in my prime years of high school. I was so young. And instead of, you know, doing fun things with my friends and having, like, a good, wholesome time and enjoying my youth, I was busy trying to figure out why it hurt every time I had sex. Yeah. Which was, you know... Like, I was literally going to go see a gynecologist about why I was having pain during sex at 16. In my personal opinion, I feel like people should wait, you know, until you're at that age of consent. I feel like they should wait until after they're done with high school. And, you know, when you're an adult, you can do whatever you want, except for, like... I mean, drink and rent a hotel room. And I mean, whatever. to be honest, if you can't rent a car, you probably shouldn't be having sex. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, not sorry. <laughs> like, but um, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, it might seem a little hypocritical coming from me, but but I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm really not. Looking back, you you always tell people who are younger than you, you're going to regret it. Trust me, I've been through it. Oh, I've had and, people tell me that. And those people that you tell that to go, whatever. You've never been my age before. You <laughs> crawled out of the vagina 30 years old. Yeah. Like, you immediately think when you're younger, you know everything. 
I really wish, I really wish that there was some type of device that could just go ahead and give them a memory of mine <laughs> to show them how awful it was. Yeah. Like, how much I wish I had waited. How much time it took up. Like, just throw that silvery wisp into the passage. Oh, yeah. and... Like, it's one of those things where you being under the age of 18, you still have to have your mom be in the car with you when you drive anywhere. You have a curfew. Well, at 16, you can get a license. But it's only probationary. You don't need your mom, though. You just can't have passengers on a probationary license. Unless they have parents in the car, then you can have passengers. It has to be a person with a license. They have to be off of their probationary license, I think. Unless your adult is in the car. Hmm. Well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But even then, you Mm -hmm. still have a curfew. So if it's past the curfew, you need your parent in the car. Yep. So regardless of... Yeah. Still gonna need your mom. Um, But it's just one of those things where, like, you think that you know what you're doing until you cannot take it back. Once you have sex, you can't take that back. It's not like you bought a shirt and you really don't like this shirt and you still have the receipt and the tags are still on it. Like, you lose your virginity and that is that. You cannot take that back. So if you just wait until you are dead sure, because you might not have the same person that you've been with in a next year or even if you tell them i want to wait until i'm 18 see if they're going to stick around because the second you say that half the time they may leave boy or girl it does not matter they may only be in it to see how much sex you guys can have and then they're out yeah yeah i mean i wish i had waited because if i had i would have realized that i was not the only person that person was having sex with Yikes. Like, thank goodness I got texted, like, tested all the time because my after a while I was like, you know, I don't trust you anymore. And then we stopped having sex and he was like, why aren't we having sex anymore? And I was like, oh, you already had sex today. I was already told by somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I never had sex with anybody. Anyways, Mm. it's a whole nother topic. Jeez. Bearing out all the dirty laundry. Oh, I don't care. (laughs) I hope you're listening. I mean, we both are. It's fine. (laughs) I really hope you're listening right now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. How's your kid? (laughs) God. That's that's what we feel about the whole uh, age of consent thing. And, honestly, I'm not going to say that my opinion is right or wrong. Oh, yeah. It's just my opinion. I just think that your first relationship shouldn't be the first one you give it up to. Yeah. I'd... It sounds weird, but, I mean, if you guys are three years strong and you just turned 18, absolutely. Sure. If you really think that they're going to keep on keeping on with you. Yeah. And honestly, if, you, if I look back at it, you know, originally, um, the guy I was dating in high school and I, we had planned on waiting until I was 18. Yeah. And I have no doubt in my mind that we would have seen that plan through had I decided to stick to it. But because... I was okay with cutting it short because I wanted, I made the decision that I wanted to have sex. We went along with it. I don't regret any decisions that I've made in the past, but if I could go back and do it again, I probably would have done it differently. I'm not going to say that I don't regret anything because the whole no regrets is personally for me kind of bupkis. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have tons of regrets. 
good regrets, bad regrets. Yeah. What's a good regret? Uh, where you are happy that you, like, oh, I kind of really wish I went to this party. Like, you regret not going because you had to do your homework. And then the next day, you're like, oh, thank God, because, you know, three kids got into a car accident. And you would have been in that car. That's a good regret. Okay. All right. You regret regret. it the night before. But then you're happy the next day. Like, oh, I am not in the hospital. (laughs) I feel like that's a good regret. That's just what I define as a good regret. (laughs) (laughs) All right, BDB. Hopefully, we answered your questions thoroughly and to your liking. Hopefully. Because we we, we enjoyed your email very much. It, it gave us many things to really mull over. Yeah, it sure did. So next, we have one from our friend A. And uh, the subject says, once more with feeling. I have no feelings. I'm dead inside. <laughs> Once more with no feelings. Once more with your dead heart not beating. Uh, It says, hey again, ladies. A here. You know, I was all set to regale you with an amusing story of embarrassment from my past instead of more questions. And then I had a stroke of genius and actually came up with a question of substance. Well, there are two questions, but one is obviously more important. So my first question is, is there anything sex-related you have learned from your current partners? No. <laughs> and now for the... Oh, oh, wait. Oh, so let's just answer that one really oh, okay. quick. okay, yeah. Um, no. The, uh... The... Oh, the, the, yeah, the nun. Oh, the, the, the lazy cowgirl. <laughs> uh, I learned that from my current partner. <laughs> um, I learned more about my current partner through the acts of sex. I mean, but, like... Learn from them? Yeah. Eh. You learn any any moves, any tricks, any... Well, I learned I like to get choked. I learned I like dicks that are slightly above average. I learned how much I actually like to be humiliated. Hmm. Um, I learned... So you learned a lot. I learned how to deep throat. There you go. I can take that whole dick down. I cry while I'm doing it, but I do it. <laughs> Because my throat's like, that's so much. What are you doing? Um, I learned how to breathe through my nose very well while sucking the D. Oh, yeah. That's important. Um, you gotta breathe. When he's laying on his back, I can actually do, like, the come down, but, like, mm-hmm. the weird, like, face thing that I do. So mm-hmm. I can take, like, a big inhale and just, like, quick go down. And then he's just like, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's me. I'm the master. <laughs> um, I actually learned how to deep throat from a gay guy in high school. He, like, he didn't, like, physically show me. Okay, I'm but... just... There's so many things in my head right now. <laughs> Literally. There's, um... like, an office space in the ladies' locker room that's in, like, one of those shower curtains that you guys don't use, and you have to, like, pick a number. And he's like, okay, so grab the cucumber. <laughs> and honestly, it was more like a mixture of his advice plus um, being a choir girl, because he told me that the, tr- the trick to deep-throating is to move your soft palate. And being a first soprano in choir, the way that you can hit those higher notes is to position your mouth in a way and take in air in a way that moves your soft palate. Well, great. Now I have to join fucking choir. (laughs) Wonderful. 
<laughs> but yeah, Next I love week to tell, I sing to you. <laughs> I love to tell people that I learned how to deep throw from a gay guy. Oh, wonderful. I'm still picturing him in just like this abandoned shower with just like a nice little desk and he's just like pick a number. Pick a cucumber. <laughs> It was a rainbow unicorn lollipop, by the way. Is it you again, Suzanne? I swear to God, Susan. <laughs> We've been over this five times, Mrs. O'Grady. If you are here for some dick, I swear to God. <laughs> if you want me to give you sex advice, you need to give me an A in your class. <laughs> I swear if you ask me one more stupid fucking thing. <laughs> um, okay, so second question. Now for the more important question. What is the single most important sex-related lesson you have learned from a partner, past or present? I think that second one is a bit more poignant, and I'm curious to see what your answers are to that one. Anyway, keep up the good work, ladies. Been tuning in every week and can't wait to hear more. A. Well, A, um, I can't wait to answer this question. But after I tell you, don't ever tell me that you're going to send me an amusing story of embarrassment and then just ask me questions. Right. Like, I personally feel offended right now. Like, I'm waiting for another email. Look, A, you've got one week. You've got one week to email us again with an embarrassing slash amusing story. I want both. I want it to be embarrassing and amusing. I want... Well, let's be honest. Most embarrassment is amusing. So Okay, I want to cry from laughter, and I would like Beans to just snot rocket whatever she's thinking out of her nose. Like, that's what we want from you. I mean, I feel like we're a little personal, because this is your third email? Yes. So um, I mean, The second one was Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's all I know. So this is why we're like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Beans... Single most important sex-related lesson you've learned from your partner. I learned how to deep throat from a gay guy. Oh, my God. Was he your partner? (laughs) Uh, To be honest, I did have a crush on him when I was in eighth grade, but that's that's a different story. You know what? We'll count it. Counts. (laughs) Count it. I mean, that was before he was completely out of the closet. He had just dipped a toe out. Was still telling everybody he was bi. (laughs) He used to play out of that one, huh? Yeah. Anyways, okay, single most important sex lesson. God, fuck. That's that's a tough one. That really is tough. I think what's hard is that we have to identify what would be the most important sex lesson for us personally. Would it be a lesson in technique? Or would it be, like, a lesson about your personal preferences? Hmm. Would it be your boundary lessons? Hmm. Because if it's my boundary lessons, I have learned it throughout the years. I didn't just learn it with one person. Right. For me, the first couple guys were really soft. Oh, like they couldn't get it up? No, like they, they'd be those soft porn, like softcore porn guys where it's like, they were really light with everything they did. Where they uh they go to like slap your ass and it feels like they brushed you across the cheek gently with a towel. Yeah, it almost felt like if they had a silk blanket, they would rub my cheek with it. That's how soft they were with everything that they did. I mean, honestly, I found out throughout the years because I'm like, just fucking hit me. And they were like, oh no, because then oh, oh no no, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to bed then. <laughs> Most important sex related lesson. I would say 
my most important sex related lesson is probably when I learned to kind of let my guard down with people yeah. that I'm having sex with. Because, I mean, for the longest time, I had a hard time getting off during sex. Yeah. It it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying sex. I think it was it was mostly that I didn't trust myself to let my guard down and fully enjoy the experience. Like, I think I would just get into my own head and be just extremely concerned with how my partner was feeling and what I was doing to please my partner. Yeah. And uh, just being concerned with all the kind of, like, stupid little superficial shit. And it wasn't until I met my late husband that I learned to let all of that shit go. And it took a lot, like... He, he was a very patient man, <laughs> and it took a lot of communication, and he was really the first person that I communicated to about sex. Like, we would actually talk about it, and because he was, he was concerned that, <clears throat> he was concerned that I wasn't getting, you know, full pleasure out of the experience and he wanted to make that happen for me and so we talked about what I liked what I didn't like things like that we we had conversations like that and worked at it until like literally miraculously one day he (laughs) I think he was working on me for like an hour and a half oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) but after that it's it's literally just been a complete 180 turnaround. I mean, multiples upon multiples. <laughs> um, so I, I think that was probably my biggest lesson was learning just how important communication is in sex. Yeah. Um, I guess mine isn't, I guess, too far off from the communication thing. But really thinking about it, um, uh, really thinking about it, I believe that my most important sex-related lesson would be that me saying I don't want to have sex is okay. Um, The first guy I had sex with kind of made me feel bad about it. The second person I had sex with kind of gave me the guilt trip. I guess it was just easy to manipulate me into thinking that like, no, I'm just being, I'm just being ridiculous. Like, of course I want sex and stuff like that and try to like guilt trip me into it. Mm -hmm. But I think just throughout time, finally I said no and it wasn't a big deal. And for me, that was amazing. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like having sex. And they're like, yeah, that's okay. Do you want to go get dinner? Are you, or... are you sure? Like, <laughs> you're not going to okay. pressure me into a blowie? Okay, so what you're telling me is that <laughs> I don't have to give you an under-the-table handy? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a second. But it was most definitely just learning that my self-worth is above and beyond what other people think of me. That if I tell myself I'm worth, you know, a priceless amount of money 
i need to treat myself that way to make other people believe it, which makes me happy because it took some time to get there but i i definitely got there. and it actually wasn't even with a partner but with a friend wow which makes me really happy about that oh happy memories i know <laughs> lots of lots of deep you know deep questions digging on deep i honestly feel like this should have been like a shark week because we went deep blue with this for real like, it, this is some Yosemite Sam shit, because some of this shit is triggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, on a lighter note, I've got our favorite article up. You know what? I actually have a great question for you. Oh. And it's not even from the article. Okay. Well, you go first, then. <laughs> okay. Because this is something that came up recently, and I had a dead look in my eyes when I answered this question, and everybody just kind of stared at me. I know that you were the only one who was going to laugh at it, but um, nobody else laughed. I was sad. Have you ever fallen asleep during sex? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Honestly, I can't recall. I cannot recall falling asleep during sex. Like, I'm trying to think... I mean, there have been times where I've been woken up to, you know, yeah. the, old, the old boner in the butt cheek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes they miss the butt cheek and then they just they go slip straight it right for in the, the like, lower back and you're just like, Ugh. Or even worse, they end up slipping through the butt cheeks. Yeah, and then you're just like, <laughs> like hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, the dolphin sex noise. <laughs> um... I, yeah, you know what, because, like, honestly, my history with sex, uh, for the longest time, it, it was painful, so it's kind of hard to fall asleep during that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, that's my answer. Nice. Now I get to ask you a question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. In your opinion, Bam, what does it mean to be good in bed? Oh, Jesus. Um, in my unprofessional opinion, mm-hmm. um, for me to be good in bed, I guess it pretty much just means that I don't have to, like... Like, no, like, for, like, a partner. Yeah, I know. For a partner to be good in bed. I don't have to... What do they do? ...want to like have to finish myself like if you're good i'm i'm happy with the physical connection we just made and that itself has like gotten me off in some type of way okay whether that be the big o or it just be the mental o because the mental o is just as important true as the big o okay so uh therapy session with bam and beans is now coming to a close did you have any other questions comments remarks to make you know and honestly guys going forward if you have questions if you have uh tips if you have some type of uh process that you are currently going through and you want to share that with other people to try and get you know other people on board of just starting any kind of process we would love to go ahead and share that with everybody because not everybody's one process is easy 
Yeah, and honestly... A couple different ones, you know? It, it would shock you just how many people out there are going through the same thing you are. Oh, it's absolutely shocking. Totally. I will not lie. And send us some stories, man. Absolutely. I mean, I love the questions. Definitely keep the questions coming. But if you've got a funny story or maybe just, like, something super awesome, like my girl backflipped on my dick and landed and it didn't break me type shit. That I'm nope. actually cringing right now thinking about that. Please don't send us that. Oh my god. It's like the one thing. Either way, Anything just in else. case you have forgotten already, our Gmail is bamandbeans at gmail.com. Are they okay? <laughs> Until next time, goodbye! Bye! Working on the podcast. God, I hope it's good. <laughs>